and worship the Lord together now. Father, you deserve all the glory, all our honor, all the praise. It all goes to you, Lord. For there's none of us that were worthy, but now we are worthy through the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you have shared your righteousness with us. You took on our unrighteousness that we could be the righteousness of God. Thank you, Lord, for every heart that you're touching today and every life, Lord. I pray that you'll minister to every soul according to the need that is there, that you'll pass by their way today. Oh, God, will you just anoint us and anoint the word as it goes forth. May it go forth in power with great anointing, with much assurance, Lord, given peace and understanding given strength and courage. I pray, Lord, that you would do it, dear God. Have mercy upon us today, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit just reign in our hearts, Lord. Let it reign supreme. Deal with hearts and lives, Lord. God, let us today minister life to your people. May there be the sick healed, Lord. May the lost be found. May it be today, Lord, that prodigals come home. May it be today, Lord, that across the land and across the world, wherever this message goes, that it stirs the hearts of your children, Father. It brings them into a greater fellowship with you. I ask, Lord, for your anointing, especially today. Oh, God, anointing now upon those that are sick. There are those that are listening in. And they're back at home. Lord, they're not there by choice. They're there because of sickness in their body. They need a touch from you. And I pray, God, that you'll just come by their way and bring a healing touch and encourage their hearts. Let them know that you care, that you understand human sufferings because you came a human to suffer as we did. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you'll just come by the way, Lord, of your children. Oh, God, the churches across the land, you know the needs that they have. I pray that you would Be merciful to them, Father. Call your bride to attention. None of us want to be wrong, Lord. We all want to be right. Let us be right in our spirit, oh God. Right in our doctrine. Right in our truth. Right in everything, Lord. We don't want to just be right in one thing and wrong in another. We want everything right. I pray, God, if there's anything in our spirits that isn't right, you'll just take and cleanse it. Wash it and purge it today. Let the peace of the Holy Spirit be ours. Use us now as we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Thank you for coming and being here with us in the service today. And There's a number of people that are 
out sick today, and if they're not sick, they have family that are sick and home tending to them, and we pray that God will bless them in a mighty way and uh, be with them, and may the presence of the Lord be real in, the, in their home today as the word goes forth. We want to turn to Genesis chapter 18. We're going to read from the first verse, and uh, I ask that you know, you just give me your undivided attention today and uh, pull just as hard as you can. Amen. Enter in with everything you have. Amen. Receive something from the Lord. Make, make sure you make the Lord welcome today. Make his word welcome in your life. Genesis 18 verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre, and he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, if I now have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a little water, I pray you, be fetched and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree. And I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts. After that, you shall pass on, for therefore are you come to your servant. And they said, so do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened to the tent unto Sarah and said, make ready quickly three measures of fine meal needed and make cakes upon the earth, the heart. And um, uh, Abraham ran to the herd and fetched a calf tender and good and gave it unto a young man. And he hastened to dress it, and he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. Then turn with me to Joel chapter 1. We're going to read from the fourth verse there, Joel chapter 1, verse 4. That which the palmer worm hath left hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left uh, hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left hath the caterpillar eating. And then Joel 2, verse 23. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. He shall come, cause to come down for you the rain, and the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and fat shall be shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust has eaten, and the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I'm in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth and blood and fire and pillars of smoke. And the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. 
And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord has said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Amen. May God bless you. Can be seated. We're going to be speaking this morning about under the oak tree. And of course, um, as we think about even our own environment and the weather here of late, ah, it's been hot and dry out there. We just come through a, um, a time of drought and, you know, high heat. And the, these recent showers have been certainly refreshing. We want to thank the Lord for that, a little break in the weather. I read the sign on the church coming down this way last month and said that Louisiana is hot, but hell is a lot hotter. And for the world, as for the world, she is being prepared for the burning. If you notice here that this appearing happened with Abraham in the heat of the day. And we're here in the heat of the day where we're already seeing signs of the last plague being poured out into the air. The fullness of that will be in the tribulations, but already the temperature has changed and the atmosphere is charged with evil. You can hardly breathe. Sodom has, you know, Sodom was a hot place. The fires of sin was flaming throughout. It wasn't getting any better. It was getting worse and worse. The tensions today in modern Sodom and Gomorrah are also flaming hot. The gospel is all but dried up in our nation, and the land is tender dry, ready for the burning. The fires of plagues are red hot. And riots are in our streets and women are screaming for the rights to kill their babies. And these are wicked, these are very wicked spirits from hell. And there are, there are heated debates of, of politics and, you know, raiding the former president's home. And a crisis at the border as an invasion takes place. And the increase of homelessness, the spirit of lawlessness everywhere. There's looting and rioting and trashing our cities. It is hot as hell out there. The the Russian bear is whipping its cubs. And um, China is snarling at the world. America is going bankrupt. And inflation is rampant with, with our life savings just disappearing. And here in America, even, we have 87,000 new IRS agents that are now being hired to hunt out and sniff down everything that they can to bring about persecution. You don't think so? Brother Branham saw it himself. He said, I I had a vision of a great, hideously dark, smoky, sooty, scaly, like an alligator man come moving toward me with iron fingers. And I had one little knife like that. And he had on him United States government. And he identified that as the IRS that was coming after him to, that they had weaponized to try to keep him from going overseas into South Africa, put, a, put the limits on his, on his visa, on his passport, and keeping the gospel out of foreign nations and, you know, doing everything they could to hamper, unjustly hamper the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
And, and of course, they've already weaponized the IRS and have went after the Tea Party conservatives. And this army will be used in a greater way in the tribulation to force the mark of the beast. So it's hot out there. We're, we're living in a day, it's the, the heat of the day. It's where, where the, the fires of hell and the winds of hell and the smoke from that other dimension is permeating the society that we're living in. And things aren't getting better, they're getting worse. And I thought of something that Brother Branham, a prayer that he prayed, and is there anything too hard for the Lord? He said, Heavenly Father, your God, the everlasting God, and I'm quoting your only, your own beloved son's word. He said, as it was down at that day in Sodom, just before the fire fell from heaven and destroyed the city, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Now, Father, we, we see yonder hanging in the hangars, automatic, uh, atomic uh, bombs setting out on islands and atomic bombs, hydrogen bombs that blow a hole in the ground 150 feet deep for 100 miles square and thousands of those pointed to each nation. Submarines worming their way around under the water, earthquakes in diverse places, flying saucers in the air, fearful sights in the heavens above and men's hearts failing for fear perplex of time and distress among the nations. And he says, oh God, then here you come moving on the scene with the Holy Spirit, pulling into the church, bringing up the days of Sodom. And we see the Sodomite spirit, women on the street and the churches dressing immorally, wearing all kinds of filthy, immoral dress clothes to tempt the man on the streets and evil spirits on them and don't know it and find women sending their souls to hell and will have to answer at the day of judgment for committing adultery, though she be pure as the lily physically, but throwed herself before men. And whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after has committed adultery with her already in his heart. And the woman not knowing that her dressing like that and the man looking at her, she'll have to answer for committing adultery for she permitted herself to be dressed like that and set before men to tempt him. God, look at the nation, Lord. Look at the church, how it swallowed that stuff up just as Satan, just so easy. And, and Satan has fed them this little, this corruption of hell and, and many thousands have believed it. Oh, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord. You said if the work wasn't cut short, there'd be no flesh saved. Truly, Lord, we see that in ourself today. We see the falling away and the cooling off. And many, may the remnant that escapes out of this Babylon, may it rise and shine. May you fill it with the power of God, the Holy Spirit come upon it, Lord. Perform the great works of God and pull that which is ordained to eternal life back into the fold again. Grant it, Lord. Grant it and hear our prayers. So it's hot out there. The atmosphere is ripe for the burning. Down in the Sodom world, the men of Sodom would riot to get a chance to molest or desecrate angels or anything that was sacred or holy. But you see, that's the world. But here Abraham was dwelling under a tree. And that tree was a place of refreshing. 
Amen. He was there experiencing an appearing of the angels, one of which is the Lord himself. While the world is tinderbox dry, no revival, and the winds are winds of strife that are making things even hotter. Who would ever thought that Jesus would come back to the earth in an evil day like this? Who would ever thought that he would pick a day like this to come to get a bride? Amen. They, they have said it can't happen when the, with the winds of, from hell this hot. But no matter how hot it was, no matter how an evil day, no matter though it was a day of Sodom and Gomorrah, a time where sin reached to the heavens, God was still appearing. And he was appearing to his elect Abraham and to his seed. Amen. And Abraham invited them to rest themselves under the tree and he prepared food for them. The Bible said he stood by, the, under the, by them under the tree and they did eat. He welcomed them to come and sit down under my tree. And, and let me entertain you just for a little while. Let me make you feel welcome. Let me wash your feet. Let me prepare a meal for you. Let's have some communion together. Amen. Oh, it's hot outside, but here's a place of refreshing. There's a place that you can come that the Lord is welcome. In an age where he's the unwelcome Christ. Among churches where he's the unwanted Christ. There is a place with the Abrahams, the elect seed. Amen. That are, that are dwelling under an oak. That are inviting his presence. That are seeing him appear. That are entertaining angels. That are having a visitation. That the spirit of the Lord is moving among them. And the winds of the Holy Spirit is blowing through their trees and their shade there is providing a welcome place and an atmosphere for angels to come. Hallelujah. It's so important that there is a place of refreshing where the Spirit of God is welcome. A place where angels can appear and be entertained. Amen. I thought of it last week as I preached on a, a, a prophetic class of people and how the Holy Spirit is the prophet that is here among us and there's a prophetic class of people that he, he's appearing to. And to show that we're an, a, a prophetic class of people, the book of Joel said in the restoration, old men would, would dream dreams and young men would see visions. And I will pour out my spirit upon this prophetic class. Amen. Amen. I'll open their eyes to what's going on and let them see clearly their day and their hour so they can recognize it and walk in it. Amen. Amen. It's so important to be a place or to have a place and, and for the church to be a place of refreshing where the spirit of God is wanted and welcomed and entertained and he visits. A place where angels can appear. Be careful to entertain angels, the Bible said. Amen. It's so important today that we are here not to be entertained but to welcome him and entertain him. Now, you know, Brother Branham actually likened some ministers to oak trees. 
They have been through the storms. They have defeated and cast out devils. They are contenders for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. I wouldn't want to sit under a pastor that didn't have a walk with God, that knew nothing but psychology and don't know how to cast the devil out. Amen. You know, there's many places that hadn't seen a move of God for years and years where the ministry is dried up on a vine. Amen. Where it's a dry place. Where the Spirit of God maybe once was there but is no longer there. It's a sad place. I wouldn't want to sit under that kind of a ministry that don't know how to cast Satan out. He said, uh, he pointed Brother Osborne to Brother Bosworth and said, Brother Bosworth, he said, there's an old oak tree sitting over there on my porch. I was referring to Brother Bosworth. I said, who knows about divine healing? Crawl up under that tree and talk to him a little while. So you see, that's, that's the way it is. Some ministers are oak trees. They have been through the storms. Now, some ministry, they may have been through the storm and they're old, but they're just old snags. The life of God had moved there and used them for years and years and years, and there's no fruit to their ministry. Amen. But I'll just say this about our church. Let Evening Light Tabernacle be one of those oak trees. Amen. Oak trees with restored branches, not stripped and worm-eaten and dead. Not withered leaves and barren limbs that can't give shade. Well, why should a church be like an old burnover forest that groaned in the wind when the winds of heaven blew and it can't wave its branches and glorify God? In restoration of the bride tree, Brother Branham said that God was speaking here of his fruit tree in Joel that we have read. And he said, God planted a fruit tree. He planted it on the day of Pentecost. And he brought forth a tree there for a purpose. He wanted it to bear his fruit word, God's word. He wanted a church that would keep his word. All down to the age, Eve failed to keep it, and the Jews had failed to keep it, and the law had failed, and all had failed. So God planted himself a tree. And he said, I'm so glad I believe that God planted a Holy Ghost seed on the day of Pentecost that hybrided into denomination. But after a while, it got back to its original again, back to the real Holy Ghost, back to the gospel message, back to Acts 2 again, back to the formula, back to where it began at. Because this is his promise I will restore. Remember this, God expects fruit. He expects fruit out of, out of your life, out of this church, out of this ministry or any ministry. God expects fruit. And when he found no fruit, Jesus cursed a fig tree because he had no fruit. Another parable was of a fig tree that wasn't barren and the owner of the field said, cut it down. And, 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 and you remember the, the, the caretaker said, but just let me dung it and, you know, dig around it and dung it and fertilize it there and, and see if it'll bring forth fruit. And if it won't, cut it down. And that's exactly what God's done in this day. He's taken and he's, he, has, he has fertilized this bright tree. He's fertilized the trees of the garden. 
He's fertilizing your tree. And if you won't bear his fruit, you'll be cut down. That's all there is to it. You'll be left behind. You'll burn up in the Sodom burning. Now, this gift, this tree rather that God planted, it was to bear nine different kinds of fruit. Think of that. Nine different kinds, which means nine different gifts, nine fruits of the Spirit to go with those nine spiritual gifts. That was God's spiritual tree. He planted it on the day of Pentecost. Now, notice now what's taking place. God planted a tree to bring forth spiritual gifts, gifts of a spirit. The same spirit that was in Christ came down upon his church and it was growing and bearing forth fruit everywhere. They didn't think of themselves. They didn't organize anything. They just went ahead and they were brothers. And God planted this tree, remember, to bear spiritual fruit, fruits of his spirit. Is that right? Amen. But what did man do? Man has tried to take the spiritual church and make it into an artificial form. So you see, Luther had a spiritual church, but what happened? As soon as Luther died, they made it into a form, an artificial. Same thing with Wesley. Same thing with the Pentecostal move. Same thing that is happening with many churches and and moves across the message. They they make an an artificial put-on, good works, you know, oh, maybe sometimes great congregations or smart people or celebrity of the city or it looks good on the outside, but it never bears any of the Christ-like fruits. Brother Bradham told us there in the second seal, he said, what did the Nicolaitan age ask for? It asked to get away from them bunch of people that shouts and claps their hands. Let the service just be a dead thump. Just let it be. You know, the people just sit and try their best to absorb it. Don't, don't let there be a move of the Spirit. Don't let there be the hallelujahs and the amens and people entering in and people rejoicing and making him welcome. Don't you know when you say amen to the word, you are making him welcome? Don't you know when you raise your hands to Almighty God, you are making him welcome? Don't you know that when you sing our praises from your heart, you are making him welcome? God wants a people that makes him welcome, that welcomes his Holy Spirit, that invites them, come move on me. Come shake my branches. Come cause me, Lord, to wave in your presence and to worship you with all of my heart. You see, You see, they asked to get away from that bunch of people that shouts and claps their hands and looks disgracefully like they did on the day of Pentecost, act like drunk men staggering in the spirit and things. They didn't want none of that stuff. You see, they said they were drunk. And when the celebrity, don't miss this, might sound crazy to you, but it's the truth. When the dignitaries began to come in, they couldn't stoop to that. I wonder how many times we have tried to dignify the message. To where we, we don't want none of them shouting, tongue-speaking, Acts 2.38 youngins. We try to dignify it. You know where, where we, we got to wear a certain kind of clothes and dress up a certain way. and Make, the, make those who are, who are not as wealthy as the others feel inferior. 
you know, again, we, we, we do all kinds of things that has happened even within the framework of the message as it becomes denominational minded. It becomes a little group of us four and no more. So they become closed. Shut in. Afraid to let the gospel out. That's why there's preaching against the internet. It's because they don't want the gospel to go into all the world. They don't realize it's a way of breaking barriers. They don't realize it's a way that it it can go beyond the, the, the bamboo curtain and get into areas there that couldn't come into a service like this. But they can, they can see it right there in their home. And you can be an oak tree where that another believer over in China can get a refreshing from the presence of God. Where it's over in Japan, they can be ministered to. Whether it's down in Africa, they can be ministered to. Down in Kuwait and Muslim countries and down into Egypt and down even into Israel. All around, across the world that they can do it fulfilling the scripture. That the gospel is to go into all nations. Amen. I'll tell you what, you say, I'm against the internet, Brother Tim. I tell you, bring me a quote against it. You don't have one. Then you got to shut up about it. We don't want the gospel out there. The gospel's got to go. It's got to go to all the world so the end can come. You see, but they, but again, what happens when men become closed up? They become sticky and a cactus and everything just poking everybody else because of the heat of the day they are affected by it and become little bitty clustered groups. I'll tell you what, if you're that little bitty clustered group, you got responsibility by yourself to preach the gospel to the whole world. You got a huge job on your hand. Brother, we're not, we're not alone in this. God's got a bride around the world. Amen. And it's going out to all the world. It's not us four no more. It's not about us and a little kingdom building. Bringing a dried up branch somewhere. Now listen, if the appearing of Elohim comes when the world is hot and in a dry condition with blistering heat, God's going to need a tree. Amen. Somewhere that will welcome him. Somebody that will Make him welcome when he comes. Are you with me? And the Bible said, and he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. You see, there's a lot about trees in the Bible. Churches are trees. The bride is a tree. The groom is a tree. Amen. Righteous people are trees. Are you with me? Amen. God is like a tree, for he's a tree of life. Man is like a tree. But let me tell you what these trees do. First Chronicles 16, 33. Then shall the trees of the woods sing out in the presence of the Lord. Amen. So this is what the trees do. They sing out in his presence. They worship in his presence. Psalms 96, 12, let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all of the trees of the wood rejoice. 
Amen. Before the Lord, for he cometh. For he cometh to judge the earth, and he shall judge the earth with righteousness and his people with truth. How many believes he's brought his truth? How many believe it's a righteous truth? Amen. Amen. So he has come bringing truth, and when he does, the trees sing out in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, the word doesn't come without worship. When the word comes, what happens? The trees sing. Now, the groom is likened to the tree. Let's go to Song Song of Solomon, chapter 2 and verse 3. As the apple trees among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down on his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Think of that. Here it is. The apple tree, my beloved, is like an apple tree. I sat down under his shadow with great delight. And his fruit was sweet to my taste. So the bridegroom is also a tree. A fruit tree. Amen. Given fruit to refresh the bride. Now, turn around over to Song of Solomon chapter 4 and verse 12. And we'll see where the bride is likened to a tree. In fact, he said that a garden enclosed is my sister. He's not just one tree. He was one tree. Is that right? Amen. He was the original tree. But you see, the church is a multi-membered body. It's a garden. Are you with me? God's got a people around the world. God's got a people, amen, and everyone, even a church is a garden. And each one of you is a fruit tree. Amen. Every minister is a tree. Every every individual is a tree. For, For what? For you to entertain angels. For you to show some brotherly kindness. For you to have a little tender mercies with for you to be able to commune together and have fellowship together with. A whole church ought to be an oak tree. So my garden enclosed my sister, my spouse, a spring set up, a fountain sealed, that plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits and camphor with spikenard and spikenard and saffron and calamus and cinnamon with all the trees of frankincense and myrrh and loaves with all the chief spices. My goodness, you know, it's just a variety because God is not a Harmony House Sears and Roebuck catalog. Amen, he's, he's a God of variety. Amen, everybody doesn't look alike. But everyone has something to bring. Everyone has something to contribute. They're all important in the garden. One's a pomegranate, amen, which comes out the sweet fruit and with healthy vitamins. And there's others that are are, um, pleasant fruits with spikenard or camphor or or saffron or calamus or cinnamon and all the trees of frankincense and myrrh and aloe with the chief spices. They are, you know, the church is a spicy church. Amen. Some of them give a little bit of a spicy taste. Maybe they're a little hot in their personality, but we need them. 
Some of them are real sweet in their personality, but we need them. Some of them just give out a good smell, but we need them. And the whole thing makes a garden for God to come and dwell in and walk among his garden and feel welcome. There's something soothing about it. I like to go into my garden. My, my spouse, my sister is a garden. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, Brother Tim, well, you know, you, you just want to push this one out and push that. We don't want to push nobody out. We need every tree. We need everyone, but we need you to be fruitful. Yes, sir. Well, man, we need you to be a contributor. We need you to be more than a spectator. Amen. We need you to be a participator. Yes, sir. Amen. 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 Come on, church. That's, right. That's exactly right. That's what we need. We need everybody working together in the garden, making a welcome place for God and his children. I had a man the other day call me and he, he, he said he was a Pentecostal and he did an anonymous call and I answered it and I didn't know who I was talking to. Met some of you sisters in a, in a store somewhere and got my number from them and one of the calls said, I, you know, want to know about this church and how many are you? Oh, two, three hundred. Well, in churches like that, you know, I'm sure you got lots of cliques among you. And I, and I said, clicks? He said, yeah. Said, most of the churches like that, you know, there's got a lot of people, you know, they don't, they don't fellowship. I like little groups. I like little, little churches because there's no clicks there. Don't, don't kid yourself. <laughs> don't kid yourself. Hey, Amen. You know, let me just say something to you for a moment. Jesus had an inner circle. Of 12. He had an outer circle of 70. And then there was another outer circle of men and women that followed him. Yes, sir. Amen. You don't, you don't like that? You know, in heaven, God is a God of orders. He's a God that has archangels and seraphims and cherubims. They don't all do the same job. And they are all of a different order. Amen. So you say, but Brother Tim, people get clickish. And I said, well, I said, okay. I said, um, so let me ask you something about yourself and these clickish churches they went to, that you've been to. I said, when's the last time you invited everybody at your house? When's the last time that you hosted the church? I said, I do have a question for you, though. Can you accommodate 300 people at your home? No, I can't. I said, most other people can't either. So somebody gets left out, don't they? I said, but if you wanted friends, you ought to show yourself friendly. Amen. Amen. You can decide yourself. I just want to get lost in, in, the, in the midst of them and never, never have any fellowship and fall through the cracks. Or you can get in there and become a part. You can help out at a wedding. Hey, you can start by just attending wedding where you're invited. Amen. You can help out at a funeral. Amen. You can comfort those that are mourning. You can provide food for those that are needy. 
Amen. Sometimes you just need to show up for a funeral. Show that you care. You want somebody to care for you. Come on. You need to care for other people. And it starts by you showing care coming out of your shell and letting other people know I want fellowship. So if you want fellowship, start running out to meet the angels. Amen. Your fellow brothers and sisters and invite them under your tree. Oh, you don't like that kind of preaching, do you? But if you're going to be a real oak, you've got to be able to do that. Amen. You know, it don't just work one way. You've got to show yourself friendly. You've got you to be the entertainment. Abraham didn't wait to be entertained. Well, them three angels are clickish. You know, there's three of them and one of me, and they're clickish, and they don't want me. No, he ran to meet them. You see, again, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to show a care. You've got to show a love. You've got to show, I am an oak tree, and I've got enough shade for other people to come. I am a contributor. Amen. Amen. Now, I want you to understand, you know, this real clear, the bride of Christ the bride of Christ is a, tree, a garden with trees. It's lush. It's fragrant. It's welcoming. It's inviting. It, 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 it has an atmosphere. You see the blossoms. You smell the perfume. You enjoy the fragrance. That's what a church is. But that's what you are. Come on now. Amen. A, a church is made up of individuals. Everyone's a cell in the body. Everyone makes a contribution. We work together. When we come to church, it ain't just a song leader leading the songs. Or just the prayer, the man leading the prayer, leading the prayer. No, it's you praying. It's you singing. It's you contributing. It's you clapping your hands. It's you raising your hands. It's you making him welcome. Come to my tree, Lord. Don't pass me by. Amen. Here, don't you see my branches? Amen. I've got a shade for you, Lord. I've got a place. It's not Sodom. It's not hot under here. It's cool. It's refreshing. Come by my way. Speak to my heart. Amen. Give me of your words. Show me of your promises. Amen. Now, you see, I also want you to see when the word returns and the doctrine falls, it is the rain given seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And it brings revival as the mountains and the hills break forth into singing and the trees clap their hands. Read with me in Isaiah 55 and verse 10. Isaiah 55 and verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. 
so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. Watch now, words going forth out of my mouth. Prophets prophesying, seeing vision, dreaming dreams. The word is spoken. Amen, it's, it's professed, it's proclaimed, it's confessed. Are you with me? It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing that I sent it to. And, it, and for ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. And the mountains and the hills shall break forth unto you under singing. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Are you hearing me? When the word comes, what happened? The trees of the field clapped their hands and the mountains and the hills break forth under singing. And instead of the thorn, oh my, oh my, instead of the thorn, instead of scoffing, instead of sitting there like a bump on a log, instead of sitting there as a sour pickle, Somebody help me preach. Instead of a thorn, there shall come up a fir tree, a useful tree. And instead of the briar, there shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be for the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. Amen. Amen. In this day of intense heat, we're completing the scripture that Jesus opened and said, this day, this scripture is fulfilled because it applies to the bride coming of Christ. Everybody should know where I'm going to. Isaiah 61 and verse 1. And again, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord hath anointed me. Oh, what a sweet anointing. Amen. To preach good tidings to the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives to the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God and to comfort all that mourn, to appoint to them that mourn in Zion, those that are sighing and crying. It's hot out there in Sodom. Amen. All the sin that is being done in the city. Amen. To point to them that, that mourn, sighing and crying in Zion to give to them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. That they might be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. We're going to to emphasize on that in a little bit. The planting of the Lord. Now Abraham fed him under the tree. Now why should a church be like an old burnover forest that groans in the wind when the winds of the spirit blows and it can't wave its branches and glorify God? Now, David saw this tree a long time ago. And in his writing of his psalms, he, he, you know, expressing his joy, he, he saw this tree and he said, it's planted by the rivers of water. 
Will you turn with me to Psalms 1 and 1 and let's read this together. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He's not with Lot's group down in Sodom. Nor does he stand in the way of sinners. Nor does he sit in the seat of the scornful. Come on. But his delight is in the law, the word of the Lord. And in his law, in his word, that he meditate day and night. And he shall be what? Like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth what? His fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Hallelujah. Amen. Now here's what David said of a man and he said he's planted by the rivers of water. He bringeth forth his fruit in a season. He was not just seeing a man, he was seeing a church. Amen. The water represents the spirit and it's singular. Notice there, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. One water, one Holy Spirit. Not, not waters of Methodist or Baptist or Lutheran or Perusian or Seven Thunder or Two Soul. None of these denominations. Are you with me? But one spirit. One spirit. Just rivers of one water. Nine spiritual gifts by the same spirit. Notice that. Rivers of one water. So this water comes out around this tree with nine different spiritual gifts flowing around it to keep it fruitful. Because God wants fruit-bearing church. God wants you to be fruit-bearing. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and a man that's planted by the rivers of water. Notice one water, one spirit, but there around it, that spirit breaks out into different streams of, of mercy, of, of healing. Another stream of mercy by the same spirit, prophecy. Another by the same spirit, tongues, interpretation, discernment of spirits, word of knowledge, faith, working of miracles. One giver or one spirit, but nine spiritual gifts. Amen. If you don't believe it, go listen to the restoration of the bride tree. That's exactly the way Brother Branham placed it. He said this tree would be planted, amen, not just stuck out, but then planted. Not an accidental growth, but a predestinated place. I'm placing the tree in the spirit. And there's going to be nine streams of that spirit. And it'll be nine spiritual gifts. And it will flow around that tree so it'll bring forth its fruit in its seasons. Notice this water, this stream with the spirit, nine streams of grace poured out as gifts, gives the tree its vitality, makes it a fruitful tree. So what right has any man to withhold or block these streams of the Holy Ghost? A tree without water will not produce fruit and it'll have withered leaves. And how can a tree with withered leaves produce the fruits of the spirit? 
Or how can it provide shade for the Almighty to come and rest under? Can you imagine the Almighty coming down and the oak tree, all the leaves are withered and and the heat's coming through. It's not keeping away the atmospheres of evil. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's hot. And how are we going to bear fruit without the water of the Spirit with its streams of nine spiritual gifts? The fruit becomes withered and naughty and worm-eaten. And the church becomes worldly. And the members lax in their spiritual life. And the first thing you know, instead of being a big shady tree, it becomes a snag. It becomes a place where buzzards roost. It becomes a haunt of ever unclean and hateful bird. That's right. You ever see, you ever drive by, where do you see the buzzards on an old snag? Big old tree up there with, with limbs, no leaves on it. No refreshing there. And the buzzards sitting right out there all camped. That's where buzzards roost. Amen. Buzzards are roost where churches have dried up. No longer fruitful. Don't have any leaves on it. There's no worship. The sap line has been cut off. The lifeline is gone. Are you with me? Amen. And unclean spirits sit right under that tree. Adulteries, married three and four times and rebellious young people and pregnant teens and fighting moms and dad and fault finding. High tempered. You try to get them to worship and they stomp out of the building. You know, they cast their fruit. Love isn't there. Joy is gone. Peace is replaced with unrest. And the unbeliever looks at that and said, well, there's no difference between that person and me. And and the children say, if that's what religion does for mom and dad, I don't want no part of it. Are you with me? Amen. Because you see what happens, they, they become just a snag and a haunt for every kind of evil spirit. That's not the bride of Christ. That's not the way we should be. Come on, church. We need to be a fruitful branch. Amen. A shade tree full of leaves. Happiness, joy, peace. I mean, your homes need to be a kind of place where children can come in out of Sodom there and the Sodom heat and sit down there and refresh. It's hot out there. Oh, but thank God for my home. Thank God for praying mom and dad. Thank God a father can come home after a day's work and sit down under a shade tree. Oh, thank you, Lord, for a good wife, for a loving mother, for, uh, for a doting wife. Amen. For a caring, for a caring shade tree. I can sit here in this home and it's welcoming. Your Holy Spirit is welcoming. When we say the grace around the table is not just a form, but we feel your spirit come down. We're just moved by the Holy Ghost. What happens? Churches become a snack. They become just an old snag. The leaves is gone. 
The bark's been gone a long time. It's worm eaten. The, the branches are falling all around. The cast of fruit. Love isn't there. Joy is gone. Peace is replaced with unrest. And the unbelievers say, there's no difference. Well, you know, what does the world, when they do, when they do their polls out there about, about Christians, what have they discovered? That there's no difference between the church and the unchurched. And then, a lot of times you have your kids raised in that environment. Because why? You, you know, as a cactus, you just don't do well. Under a, a, you know, in a garden that's lush and green and growing and moisture and winds of the spirit and refreshing. No, a cactus likes it out there where it's dry. Do you ever try to get shade under a cactus? Did you ever go and try to rest under its lofty, lofty branches? It may have branches out there, but did you ever try to get up under it and rest and get shade under a cactus? It don't work. Many of them are jumping cactus. And man, they're, they're going to be jumping all over you and sticky here and sticky there and sticky there, find, fault finding here and fault finding there. And you know, well, I, I don't like it here. Oh, no. And first thing you know, you, the cactus is removed from the garden. Well, there is a different way that you don't have to be removed from the garden because the devil will move you right out of this church if he can. But I tell you, you don't have to remain a cactus. You can be changed in his presence. Brother Bradham said a cactus is a, th- you know, this, 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 its leaf is just so, so twisted up, it becomes a thorn. And people there, they get that way when they get dry. And then they get fault finding. Well, the preacher preaches too long and this ain't to my taste and they do this there and I don't like there. And first thing you know, you don't fit nowhere but an old desert somewhere where it's hot. Now, Brother Bradham preached many times on the subject, I will restore. Many times. And just before the church ages and the seals, he preaches on the palm worm, locust, canker worm, caterpillar in his home church. A month later, he will preach on planting the vine and where to plant it. And I'd like you to turn with me to Psalms 80 and verse 8 because this is where that he took his sermon, uh, sermon um, from. His context from when he preached on planting the vine and where to plant it. Thou hast brought a vine out of Egypt. Thou hast cast out the heathen and planted it. Thou hast prepared room before it and did cause it to take deep root and it filled the land. You see, Israel was a vine that could never be fruitful until it was brought back into its promised land of inheritance. Until then, it just produced the naughty, bitter fruit of slavery. 
Are you with me? Amen. Amen. They were a good vine. They were God's chosen. Amen. But the good vine, if it isn't set in good ground, it'll not bring forth good fruit. And I'm just going to say this. God may have started you out in good ground, but something removed you to Egypt. Are you with me? But God is bringing a people out of Egypt and planting them in the right ground. Amen. They were a good vine. They were God's chosen. But a good vine that isn't set on good ground, it'll not bring forth its fruits. It depends on where the vine is planted. will determine the results of the crop. So God picks Israel up out of a barren land. And he plants them into a land of promise. What was he doing? He was preparing them. All of that was preparing for the appearing of the Messiah. Where the word would become flesh. And why has he brought us to this land? So we could grow up to be a tree where the Spirit of God was welcomed. Amen. Now you're going to have to make up for those that ain't here. I can't hear them say, Amen, hallelujah, seek them, brother. So you're going to have to make up for it. Amen. Amen, brother Tim. Hallelujah, brother Tim. Do it, brother Tim. Seek them to brother Tim. You got a job to do. You're not a spectator. That's not why you're here. You're not for spectating. You are here to participate. All the way from the front room to the back of the mezzanine. You are to participate in worship. Now, so again, he planted them in a promise, the land of promise, preparing them for the Messiah to come. And why has he brought us to this land? So that we could grow up to be a tree where the Spirit of God would be welcomed. Hallelujah. Amen. Where he could appear and be refreshed and welcome and fed and commune there. And God called you to be a leaf on that tree. Come on now, don't fall of it and let the wind blow you away. Hang on to the tree. It's your life. Stay in the lifeline. Don't let your tree, let your your leaf just wither away and you just flop off and and blow any old kind of direction. Some people have been that way for years and years and years. They can never find their place. But God wants a people who knows their God, who does exploits, who knows their place and their position. Some of you have been out for 20 years and you're back again. Why is it? God wouldn't let you stay out there. He wants you united to the tree. Amen. Because under that tree is the appearing. And where the appearing takes place, the body change takes place. The rapture will take place. The promised son will come. So get under the tree. Be a part. So now, the church was the same way. You know that. We could never prosper. It would would remain dwarfed and stunted, planted in the soured soils of Egypt. 
or the days of miracles are past. Listen to what I'm saying. Every one of you, some of you were Catholic. You never brought forth fruit there. Some of you were Methodist. Some of you were Pentecostal. Some of you were this. Some of you were nothing. But your ground where you were in was soured. You were a good seed. You were predestinated. You were called to this message. Amen. But God said, I'm going to take a tree out of Egypt and I'm going to plant them in a good land. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you remain dwarfed. So it's like David said in the Psalms, blessed is the man that won't join up with these scoffers and ungodly people. You don't know, you know, that won't connect with them, that won't seat, sit in the seat with them. Can you imagine? Can you imagine we, we have a church and we have a body of believers here and you fail to, to you, know, you, you become a, in the seat of the scornful instead of the seat of rejoicing. You know, Brother Bradham, in the message, how can I overcome? He said, there was an old log. He said, and here's where I got my sermon from. There was an old log. It was a beach log. And he said it had fallen and fallen right into the stream where the life was. And he said, there in that stream, it rotted twice as quick. And he said, I stepped on it, and a big chunk of it fell off. And he said, that's what's happening to many Christians. They're right in the stream where the life is going forth, but they're rottening twice as quick. You're not overcoming. Are you with me? Amen. God brings you to, to sit on the log, but it's to be a living log. And Brother Bradham said, I'll sit right here on this stump and I'll proclaim, I shall restore, saith the Lord. So you may have been sitting on a log, but you've got to realize this is what God does. He wants you to be restored, not become dead and become rotten and fall out and go through the same bitter cycle over and over and over again. Now, scoffers that say the days of miracles are past. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is just make-believe. Blessed is the man that won't do that. Blessed is the man that won't stand, that'll stand forth for such a thing. They don't want to mix those together. You can't mix those things together. Blessed is a man who won't assemble himself under those things that denies the power of the Lord. The Bible said, come out from among such, for the day will come where there be heady, high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Blessed is the man that will not assemble himself with these scoffers, making fun, calling the true church a bunch of fanatics. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. God has put him in a choice spot. His fruit shall not wither. He shall bring forth his leaves and his fruit in his season. Watch how David wondered that. This man is blessed. He will be planted, not just set out. You know, I, I see, uh, I like to see anything planted. And Israel in Egypt was not planted. They were just set out. 
It wasn't their original home ground. And a man that's a Christian that rests his eternal destination upon some denominational creed, he's not in his right place. He was born to be free. Amen. But he's under a creed and he can't bring forth his fruits. He was born to be a child of God and to worship God and something's in him to longing to do it. He shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. Rivers uh, or water singular, rivers plural, many rivers coming into one channel. In other words, he'll be like a man in the scripture that believes all of God's word. Amen. Amen. With the power and the nine spiritual gifts can flow through one God into his innermost being. People don't believe in shouting. The thing of it is, they haven't got spiritual joy. And the joys of the water of life can flow through. And that's a whole lot lots more matter with Branham Tabernacle. It's because the unbelief, the cares of the world has bound the people until it cannot produce spiritual growth. And that's what's the matter with our nation. That's what's the matter with their churches. They have no joy, and the joy of the Lord is departed. It was written one time in the scripture, the Hebrew word of Ichabod, which means the presence of the Lord hath departed. That's over our churches because we left off the original foundation and placed it into a creed and denomination and permitted the things of the world to dry up our experience with God. Think about that. Man, you know, people get on fire. They start out with a fervency and a love for God. And it isn't long until what happened. They get things that dries up their experience. A little spirit of criticism comes. And it begins to, well, I don't like the way they did their music. And I don't like that one when he sings. And I don't like this. And, you know, this preacher ain't up to my par. And, you know, they, you know Brother Tim, he preaches too long. And this and does this. And, 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 you know, on and on and on. And that one only screams when he preaches. And, you know, it don't feed me. And First thing you know, you're a sticker. A cactus. Like I said, try to rest under shade. He said, oh, go with me to Arizona. Let me take you to the desert, which I roamed so many years. And everything in the desert has a sticker. Any little plant you come to, don't get near it. It'll stick you. It's always got its stickers right out ready to stick anything that comes near it. What's the matter? What made it a sticker is because it had no water. That's what dried it up. That sticker is a leaf rolled up. For the lack of water, it becomes a sticker. And thus, it is with the churches that when the church gets away from the fountain of life, when it gets away from the joys of salvation, when it gets away from the Lord God, then that person becomes a sticker. Finding fault, sticking. No sooner you come up, I'm Presbyterian, I'm Methodist, I'm so-and-so, don't talk to me about that stuff. Uh, sticker, it has no fruit. You take that same plant, the cactus, and you put it in the land for a few generations where there's plenty of water, and that sticker will unfold and will become a soft leaf bearing fruit. Now, I don't know if that's so true in the natural, but it's sure true in the spiritual. Amen. So he said, what's the matter with the church today? It's been set into a denomination that has put denominational creeds and, and binds it. No joy. 
just a sprinkle now and then of a little revival to hold it. What it needs is to come out from among scoffers and unbelievers and be planted by the rivers of waters for there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins where sinners and unbelievers plunge beneath the flood, lose all their guilty stains. A tree, David said, planted by the rivers of water. Oh, God cannot flow himself through a cactus. Now, water represents life. We know Moses in the wilderness smote the rock, gave forth waters of life to perishing people. Jesus said, as Moses smote the rock in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and he was smitten. Now, however, this tree, according to Joel, gets eaten down by four different stages of one insect. And this corresponds with the four horse riders of Revelation. And it was the same Antichrist spirit that rose up starting out with a white horse and then bloodied in persecution and become red and then blackened in the dark ages and became black. In the last stage, a pale, grizzled color combination of red, white, and black. But irregardless of what kind of insects there has been, God has said, I will restore. And that is the theme of this message. That is the ministry of Elijah. That's what he was sent to do. Turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. If it's not restored, it is cursed. I'll send you Elijah the prophet to restore the original faith, and if they refuse to be restored, back to the book of Acts of Pentecost, I'll smite the earth with a curse, and fire will fall as Sodom burns with an oven. Are you with me? This is the the consequences of not accepting the restoration. So, well, I've accepted Elijah, but if you hadn't, how your heart isn't turned. Back to believing again. Back to faith again. A restoration taking place. Then you're smitten with a curse. There's going to be a lot of cursed children. Because why? They did not, they were not restored. Are you with me? Now, uniting time and sign, Brother Brandon said, what he's saying, Malachi 4, would restore, restore back the original Pentecostal faith back to the same people with the same Pentecostal message, the same Pentecostal sign, the same Pentecostal evidence, the same God, the same power, the same teaching, everything exactly with the vindication of the same pillar of fire that struck Paul down on the road down to Damascus among us today doing the same things he did in that day. Again, and turn on the light, if It's a bride tree. Jesus was the bridegroom. He was a tree. They cut him down. He was a tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. They cut him down, hung him on a Roman tree to make fun of him. What did he do? God raised him up the third day from the dead. And today there's a bride tree that started back there at the beginning, way back in the day of Pentecost. Amen. Amen. Listen, you people that belong to church. The church never started at Nicaea, Rome. It started in Jerusalem 
on the day of Pentecost started the church. Then what did they do? They just kept organizing. God keeps cutting off the branches. They organized the Lutheran and cut off the branches. Wesley cut off the branches. Pentecost cut off the branches. God is going to have a bride tree. I'm just saying, don't get cut off. Come on. God's going to have a bride tree. All that the canker worm ate and the caterpillar ate, I will restore. Hallelujah. I will restore, saith the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Vic, aren't you glad God's a restorer? Amen, that he can take you out of unfruitful land and place you in a fruitful land and make you a fruit tree again. Aren't you glad that God didn't give up on you? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God cares about you and your situation and he won't leave you where he found you? But he said, this time, I'm going to fertilize you. I'm going to dig around you and you're going to bring forth fruit. Brother Bradham said, but God's going to have a bride tree. And that cake of worm, all that he ate and the caterpillar ate, I will restore, saith the Lord. Malachi 4 tells us we'll be brought back to the original faith like it was on the day of Pentecost. The faith of the fathers. We believe that it will come. I believe it's time for it now. And the the limbs are withered and dried up and they're taking them from the tree so that the fruit can bear itself right at the top of the tree. Hallelujah. So Jesus is coming, but he's looking at your tree looking for fruit. And you either let God restore you or you're cursed. Now, listen, Satan's doing everything he can to destroy the bride tree. Satan has tried over and over again to destroy God's fruit tree. But though it might be eaten down to a gnarled stump, Satan cannot destroy it. Let me just reassure you, Satan cannot destroy it. Though you were eaten down to a gnarled stump, Satan could not destroy you. Amen. Why? It's predestinated. Amen. And there is predestinated fruit. And there is an elect church in the last day. And she is predestinated to be there without spot or wrinkle or blemish or any such things. And the worms might have eaten it down, but it can't die. And that's what Brother Brandon would say. I'm standing here on this stump and saying it's going to live. There will be a bride tree in the last day that will bring forth the fruit. It's always been that way. Satan's always tried to destroy the tree. Cain cut down the righteous tree of Abel, but it came back with Seth. The children of Cain, like bugs, ate at the sons of God and married the daughters of men with them. And God took Noah through the flood. And three branches come up to replenish the earth. Then Jesus was the bride tree. The bridegroom tree. Restoration of the bride tree. Let me just share with you these quotes. He was God's perfect 
prophet tree, example tree, the bridegroom tree. From the Garden of Eden. Then the bridegroom tree without the female don't bear fruit, so he's got to have a bride tree. That's the way Adam was. Without, without Eve, he could never bring forth. Is that right? Amen. So you same thing with Christ. He's the bridegroom tree. He's the pollinator. But he's got to have a bride tree to bring his life through. Amen. And she's got to be born of the same material, the same species that he is. Amen. The word made flesh in the tree. Amen. Oh, hope you get that. It's the same life in this female tree. Amen. As it was in the bridegroom. The same life that was in the bridegroom is in the bride because they're the same species. And together, Christ and his bride in his garden produces sons. Oh, my. Now, so he said, the works that I do shall you do also. What's in the groom is also going to be in the bride. Amen. So he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the source and you're the one going to bring forth the fruit. Amen. So you're the branches, you bear the fruit. And the male and the female tree produces the pollen one to the other, brings the fruit. And the branch of the vine does the same thing. The first tree was a prophet tree, a perfect tree, the God of the prophets. He was the major tree. He was God's perfect prophet, proper prophet tree. Why? He was the word. Now, the others were minor prophets. The word came to the prophets, but he was the word himself in the form of a prophet. That was the son of man. Now, he was God's prophet tree. Why? He preached all the perfect word of God, for he was the word of God made manifest. He was the perfect prophet tree that preached the perfect prophet word that brought forth the perfect prophet fruit by the perfect word of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You talk about a tree. Amen. He was the life tree that Adam and Eve went away from in the cherubim's garden. But now the cherubims, the angels of God, are trying to get you back to being a tree again. Hallelujah. Pulling back the human beings so they can eat of that tree. So the perfect prophet tree preaching perfect prophet word with perfect prophet signs, perfect prophet results, perfect fruits of the Spirit. (laughs) Hallelujah. This ain't Peter Piper picked a peck of peppers. No, this is a perfect prophet tree preaching perfect prophet word with perfect prophet signs, perfect prophet results, perfect fruits of the Spirit. And for a mockery, they hung him on a Roman tree. Amen. Being God's spiritual perfect tree, they hung him on a man-made tree, and they're trying to take God's perfect tree, the word, and mix it and hang it up on some kind of creed, and death and life won't mix. Jesus never did attend a funeral service. He would raise the dead. Death and life, he said, can't, can't stay together. 
They're contrary one to the other. He didn't preach any funerals. He just raised them up. Amen. You know, Legion, he lived among tombs. Dead things. Jesus went to deliver a man who was among the tomb. He went to seek and save that which was lost. And he said, oh, tombs. That's a good place, a good hangout for the devil around a dead place. Now think about it. God likes to hang out under an oak tree with life in it. But here the devil likes an old barren snag with no life in it. And Legion, he hung out in the tombs because he said, it's a good hangout for the devil around a dead place. Somebody that's dead in sins and trespasses don't believe in the power of the resurrection, Lord. That's a good hangout for devils. And if you want to know truthfully, some of these old cold formal churches that's got a form of godliness and denies the power of God are a real hangout for the devil. That's right, a place where they say, oh, that's all work up, that's all mental, that's psychology. A place that looks over at our youth camp and say, oh, that's a bunch of hooey and a bunch of work up. You see, that is an old tomb. Good hangout for the devils. Amen, because they deny the power of God. You, you say, Brother Tim, all these young people, they're just faking it. Let me tell you what. I would rather see them knocking at the door, seeking and keep on seeking. So what, some of them get up from there and they go back to their sin and their pornography and their evil, but I would rather see them in church coming down to the altar, knocking on the door, saying, God, let me in. Even if they didn't go all the way, at least they were knocking. But you're only looking at half the picture. Amen, there's many of them that knocked and it opened that sought and they found it, that ask and receive. There's many of them today living victorious lives. Right here in this church, there are young people, amen, who God transformed their lives right there at an old-fashioned altar where God changed them in his presence. Brother Branham said, a good place where they say it's all work up. That's just mental. That's just psychology. And oh my, some of those old devils don't make you cut yourself. Some of them are shrewd and polished as could be. They're scholars. Don't think they're not. Oh, you say, Brother Branham. Oh, no, I'm scripturally. Then them high priests and those Jews in that day that denied Jesus Christ, they were polished Bible scholars. Hallelujah. That same religious devil comes down in the people today, some trying to make fun of the baptism of the Holy Ghost or speaking with tongues. But nevertheless, God's going to have a tree. And he planted a tree on the day of Pentecost. So it was established on the day of Pentecost where Peter preached the inauguration sermon when the church was born. And it was born on the day of Pentecost. Now, God, he's infinite. He's, and he cannot change. His church must remain the same as it was at the beginning. you believe that? Amen. So it must remain the same so you don't tinker with it. Come on. Amen. You, you, don't, you don't change it. You don't add to it. It never was shaking hands and saying, I believe the message. 
It never was accepting a theology and say, I believe the Perusia or the presence or this or that or the other. That never was it. What was it? It was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind that made men and women come to life. Amen. And they were endued with power from on high. So you see, every tree must have its beginning at Pentecost. What the church had at Pentecost is her inalienable right. Originally, she had the pure word of God. She had the power of the Spirit in manifesting diverse signs and wonders and gifts of the Holy Ghost. Now, planted any other place than Pentecost will cause it to bear sour fruits. But this is Brother Brandon's prayer. He said, grant it, Father. Heal all the sick and afflicted. Bring them back to an old-fashioned revival type of people. Bring them back to original Pentecost. Bring them back to the blessings. Bring them back like the Pentecost that fell at A.D. 33. Give them the Pentecostal blessings. May the power of God come into the church. May there be divine healing gifts given to the church. May there be speakers with tongues, interpreters of tongues. May there be gifts of prophecy, all different manifestations, not make believe or try to believe or put on, but real genuine coming with the word and the word of God made known, prophesying things that come to pass. You said in your word, if there be one that's among you with a, 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 that's supposed to be a prophet, if it doesn't come to pass, don't hear him. But if it does come to pass, then hear that prophet because I'm with him. God, give us that kind of prophets. Give us the real kind, the kind, the real kind that speaks with tongues, the real kind that has real interpretation. Grant it, Father, heal the sick and the afflicted. Make yourself known among us, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is exactly what he, what he told us that would happen. Now, let's go to Psalms chapter 80 and verse 7. Let's pick up this. I'm going to read it from the NIV. It's a little, little easier here and I, but because I, it, it says some words that I want you to grasp. In verse 7, Psalms 80, verse 7, restore us, turn us again, restore us, almighty God. Make your face to shine on us that we may be saved. So here is the prayer now. You And remember, this is where you took us out of Egypt and you put us into this land. What? So restore us, oh God. I'm saying this to this tree today. God took us out of Egypt and he placed us in this land. Amen. So turn again, oh God, or restore us, oh God. That ought to be the prayer of every one of us. Let me reach a higher height. Let me grow another foot. Let me lift my hands a little higher. Let the joy bells ring a little louder. Let my hands begin to clap and praise the Lord. Let me be a fruit-bearing tree. Let evening like tabernacle be a tree with the moving of the Holy Ghost. Let me be a tree. Amen. In this garden, oh God. Amen. Let me breathe with frankincense and my aloes. Let me give out an odor. Let me be a garden of God. Restore. You transplanted a vine from Egypt. Verse 8. You drove out the nations and planted it. Amen. 
you cleared the ground for it. And you took root. And, and it took root and filled the land. Oh, my. Listen, the mountains were covered with his shade. The mighty cedars with its branches. Its branches reached as far as the sea. It shoots as far as the river. Why have you broken down the walls so that all that pass by pick its grapes? Now, this was Israel, and he was saying, because now they, they had been taken down to Babylon, this is one of the songs that was written of the Babylon era, where that they had been taken captive. Well, he said, you planted us here. But we've been taken down to Babylon, and the walls are broken down, and everybody passing by can pick its grapes, and boars from the forest ravage it. And the insects from the fields feed on its fruits. You see the pommel worm, the canker worm, the caterpillar. All of this, this is what Joel was saying of natural Israel. God, you you know, because that we we wasn't bearing your fruit, we were pulled out and we were taken down into Babylon. But you pulled us now out of Egypt and you put us in this land and now we're there and our walls are broken down. The boar, the wood wasted, the wild beast of the field devoured. We've had, we've had thousands of years of dark ages, bloody wars of persecution. We've been through all kinds of things, but verse 14, uh, return to us, God Almighty. Amen. Look down from heaven and see and watch over this vine. And visit this vine. The root of your right hand has planted. The sun you have raised up for yourself. Oh, look what he says now. Verse 15. The root of your right hand has planted. And, and, and the sun you have raised up for yourself. The verse 16. Your vine is cut down. It's been burned with fire. At, the, at your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man at your right hand. The son of man you have raised up for yourself. Let your hand be upon the man of thy right hand, upon the son of man whom thou made strong for yourself. Look here, let a prophet arise. Come on. This is the same as Ezekiel 38. Let me prophesy, O son of man. And there's four stages of restoration. And there's four stages of incense. And here he's saying, same thing, restore us, O God. You know, this is a condition that the church has been found in. This is a Laodicean age that we're in. We have been burnt with fire. Your people, uh, your people, uh, at your rebuke, your people perish. Let your hand rest on the man of your right hand, the son of man you have raised up for yourself, then we will not turn away from you. Revive us. Or the original says, or the the King James says, quicken us. Revive us. And we will call on your name. Verse 19, restore us, Lord God Almighty, and make your faith to shine upon us that we may be saved. Amen. This is what God did in our age. We were in this condition, but God sent a prophet. Amen. Listen, because why? God's going to have a bright tree. I don't care what the devil has done. I don't care how it's aided down. 
I'm trying to say to you, I don't care what the devil has done for you. you. I don't care if you're just a snag today. There is still life in the roots. Amen. Amen. Let the the life come up from the roots and flow back to your innermost being and push out until there's limbs and leaves. Oh, a place for the Almighty. You don't have to remain in that barren condition. That which the palmer worm left at the locust eaten, that which the locust has left at the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm has left the caterpillars eating. But be glad, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. I'm pouring out the rain. There's coming a refreshing. That's what this message is to do for you, is to refresh you, revive you, fill you with life again. Hallelujah, where you have the former rain, the latter rain together, and, and there the floors will be fruit full of wheat, and the, the fats will overflow with wine and oil. Hallelujah, a time of plenty. Yes. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. And I will restore to you. Think of it, the years that the locust has eaten. The canker worm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army that I sent among you. I let this happen because you were unfruitful. But I bring in another time of fruitful season. Amen. There's rains coming. The wind is moving. Revival's in the land. The bride's revival is here. Somebody help me preach. And he said, I will restore, saith the Lord. I'm not leaving you where I found you. My my garden will bloom again. There will be fruitful. There will be smells. There will be frankincense. There will be aloes. There will be pomegranates. There will be sweetness. There will be brotherly kindness. There will be joy unspeakable. There will be faith. Everything that we lost will be restored. Miracles will come back. Healings will come back. Deliverance will be yours. The power of God will be yours. Every promise of God will be yours. It's not a closed book. It's an open book. It's a promise of God to every one of you that wants to be restored. You can be restored. Hallelujah. It's not just for one. It's to you. It's for your children. It's for them that are far off. It's for as many as the Lord our God shall call. You can have your own restoration. I will restore, saith the Lord. You'll be an oak tree. You'll be an oak tree. I will do it. Stand together with me. Let the musicians come now. I want you just to think about it. Think about it. Where he found you on the log, it wasn't a dead, rotten log. Amen. It's on this stump. He wants to put up a fruitful bough. Don't let some blithering heat, blistering heat there set you back again. He found you there. But he's not going to leave you where he found you. Amen. You got lost loved ones. Let me just tell you, I will restore, saith the Lord. You say, I've lost my joy. I will restore, saith the Lord. I need healing. I'll restore healing to the church, saith the Lord. Amen. We need a miracle. I will restore miracles, saith the Lord. I will have a mighty oak tree. 
And I'll come sit down under its shade and refresh myself. Because under this oak tree will be the appearing. Under this oak tree will be a body change. Under this oak tree will be a transformation. Under this oak tree, Sarah, who quit believing years ago, will realize there's nothing too hard for the Lord. Under this oak tree, faith will come again. Under this oak tree, healing will come. I will restore, saith the Lord. Some of them, I'm looking at your stump this morning. Maybe that's all you are is a stump. Too long have buzzards roosted there. Too long has sin reigned. So there's no hope for me. Oh, yes, there is. Amen. There's life in the predestinated root. <laughs> Amen. There's life there in the predestinated root. And you were predestinated not to be a snarled, gnarled snag where buzzards roost. You were predestinated to be a fruitful bough. You can love again. You can have joy again. You can have peace. Oh, the canker worm come along, ate off the peace of mind, ate off the love, ate off faith, ate off the joy, ate off all these other things. But I will restore, saith the Lord. You'll be an oak tree. You'll be an oak tree. Just Just drink of that water of life. There are fountains flowing from Calvary this morning, flowing right by your tree, coming right by, come on now, right by your roots. Gifts of the Spirit speaking out, prophesying to you. I'm the Lord God that healeth you of all the sins, diseases. I'm the Lord God who restores. I'm the Lord God that's present among you. I'm the Lord God that will make you a fruitful bough. I'm the Lord God that will make you rejoice and wave. Amen. Give glory to God again. I am the Almighty. I blow in your life. Just in his presence right now while he passes by. Maybe there ain't been no rest under your shade, no welcoming place. You've just been in the hot desert. Maybe you've just been a snag. Maybe you've been a cactus. Maybe you've been sticky, sat in the seat of the scornful, been a complainer a doubter, an unbeliever. Why don't you just let his rains come down upon you this morning and unfurl those little thorns and become a leaf again? Well, Brother Tim, with the cactus, it might take 
a million years like that before it become those leaves that come, those thorns that become unfurled in the leaves. I don't know. It may take three millenniums. It may take 10,000 millions. But just one moment in his presence this morning. Your little sticky leaves can become tender and unfurl. He can flow. The breeze can go there till you clap your hands again, till you sing the praises of God, till you say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I've been bought with a price. Jesus, let me in your presence this morning just unfurl every old thorn, every old sticky thing. Let the joy of the Lord now just come in my life again. Let there be peace in my home, Lord. Me and Mama have been quarreling and fussing and can't get along. Let it get where the sweetness of the Holy Spirit changes in your presence, Lord. Oh, well, I'm waiting on her to change. No, you change. It'll change everything. Well, I'm waiting on him. No, you change. Just make it in your heart, Lord. I'm not staying this way. You made a promise I will restore. I'm not waiting on somebody else. I'm wanting right now restoration. Maybe been a sinner and away from God. Maybe one time your branches lifted up to God and you gave praise to him, but you got to wear that you're now all sticky. Sin has entered in. You become a gnarled old, snarly old branch. Only buzzards wants to rest there. You want a refreshing from the presence. I want to be able to lift up holy hands to you, Lord. I want the sweetness of the Holy Ghost to be mine, Lord. I, want to, I wanted you just to bathe down with your spirit. and Me and you, I can just lift up my branches to you and praise the Lord. Remember... Remember when Brother Branham saw the tares and the, and the wheat in the fields and he saw them and the wane, rains come. He said, I saw them all lift up their hands and rejoice. Why even a tear can raise up and praise God when there's moisture. But I tell you, different from a tear, you don't have to remain a tear. Amen, Brother Tim, you sometimes you call us a Judas. Well, maybe you have been a Judas, but you don't have to stay that way. You can be changed in his presence. Maybe you've been a denier, but you don't have to stay a denier. Right now, you can change right back. You can say, return to us, O Lord. Yeah, I've been taken out of the place where I was planted, and, and I've been taken to a dry land. But bring me back, Lord. Bring me back. Bring me back in your presence right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's, let's, let's sing that song. I want to sing, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit. Sweep over my soul. Lord, let the winds of the Holy Ghost just sweep over. It's hot out there. But send the cool, refreshing. It's miserable, sodomous flowing through and sin on every side rioting in the streets tempers like never before 
unrest in politics in our nation. Things are coming to an end real quickly. The mark of the beast being set up, the atmospheres of hell. It's hot as hell out there. But oh, you can have a refreshing. You can have a refreshing in his presence. You can say, sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. What about you right now?